Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe in a power greater than what you are going through when you don't know what to do. That's right, when you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles and the Big Apple in New York, I am Dave Nassani, the Caregiver's Caregiver, coming to you live 24-7. My lovely co-host, Adrian Gruberg, unfortunately is sick today. But we are on numerous platforms, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But uh, we are real proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two caregiver podcast on Caring Village and number three on Feedspot out of thousands. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Um, Daniel West studied to be a physical therapist in Australia. I think I hear him coming. And he came to the U.S. in 1992. He's worked in 70 different facilities in six states during his 29 years in the States, during his time, he developed the Yeats Rapid Rehabilitation Methodology. That's, that's a mouthful, which is just as an impressive way to say he gets people walking again after disability faster than any other therapist in the country. Uh, paraplegics, quadriplegics, TBI, severe accidents, it does not matter. His own experience uh, his own experience to self-recover from a near-fatal car accident in L.A. in 96. But before we get to our guest, I want to take this time to thank last week's guest, former adult daycare owner Aisha Treadwell. Hear about some powerful tools for caregivers. And you can hear that um, interview and all our interviews on our Caregiver Dave website, as well as all those platforms I mentioned before. And... um, Let's see if he's here. Daniel, are you here? Welcome to the show. I guess he's not here. <laughs> Must be having trouble connecting. We'll wait till he comes. But in the meantime, you know, we can talk about uh, my new book coming out, Secrets from the Hammock, um, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Sense. And I wanted to write a very different book. I, I wanted to write a book that wasn't just for caregivers, that only caregivers would buy, you know, Um I wanted to, because let me tell you why, first of all, because if you're not a caregiver, first of all, second of all, third of all, <laughs> don't worry. You're going to be either become one, you're going to need one. Those are your only two options, okay, unless you are already one, because it's just an inevitability. I mean, I was in 19, when was it, 1996, um, August 31st, I went to bed, normal person thinking I was going to get up the next day and go to work and kiss my wife and do everything the way I was normally going to do it. But something happened. She was missing from bed. I went looking for her. She was watching TV. said she couldn't sleep. She had this headache. wouldn't go away. I says, well, let me rub your head. And I'm rubbing her head. And all of a sudden, half her face starts drooping like this. And then... Um, she starts, uh, you know, slurring her words. 
Then she stopped speaking at all. Then she started just looking at me, just going like this with her mouth, the way one of those newborn babies do. You know, they're trying to coo or whatever. And so I called 911, pronto. And they came and he says, man, she's having a stroke. Where do you want to take her? And I says, I don't know. Where would you take your wife if she was having a stroke? He looked at each other. He says, let's take her to the uh, closest hospital, which was a small, privately owned, rinky-dink hospital. But I didn't know any better, you know. Well, anyway, as I was saying, um, wisdom is a very uh, precious thing. And I wish I had wisdom that time that my wife uh, was about to go to a hospital um, because it was it was it was bad. They didn't have a CAT scan machine there, uh, and she had a stroke. She lost her speech, became paralyzed on one side. What I should have done if I was a wise guy, not a wise guy, but a wise guy, I should have told them, take her to the hospital that is fully equipped, a medical center just 10 minutes further along, and uh, and she would have been okay. But you know what? Wisdom is knowledge, and knowledge is valuable. The next couple of years was like a living hell for all of us. She became angry and bitter most of the time. I, I discovered what a grief process was. It was when, uh, you know, you go through denial. Oh, this isn't happening to me. And then it's, you know, you go through bargaining. Hey, how can I get out of this? Then you go through anger. I can't get out of this. And then you go through depression. Oh, my God, I'm so depressed. And then you go... Eventually, I don't know how long it'll take, it took me two and a half years to this coveted place called acceptance. It's a nice place because you you accept your lot in life. You say, you know what, even if things don't change, I'm okay. Things would be a lot worse. You know what I mean? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, we worked on it, and we worked on it, but it just got worse and worse and worse, and I, I almost broke up. I almost broke up with her, you know, and I don't know why things happen like that, but uh, you just have to play the cards we're dealt. Isn't that what what we're told? Play the cards you're dealt. And so what what I would suggest is um, when you're going through the grief process, because everybody goes through grief, right? If you suffer loss, any kind of loss, think of a guy who loses his girlfriend, she just dumped him. He's going through grief. So he goes through the denial. Oh, no, this isn't happening. You know, he'll show up at her house just like nothing happened. And she goes, what are you doing here? And he goes, well, uh, we had a date. She goes, we don't have a date. We broke up. What's the matter with you? Denial, right? And so then he goes through uh, the bargaining. Oh, oh, I thought we were just, you know, uh, playing games or having an argu another argument. She goes, no, it's over. You know, and then he'll say something like, well, can't we just be friends? You know, start to bargain his way out of it. No, it's over. I don't want you as a friend. I don't want you as a lover. It's over. Then he gets angry. Gets angry at himself. Gets angry at her. Gets angry at, you know, his friend who told her that uh, he was seeing another woman, you know, whatever it is. And when the anger doesn't help, he gets depressed. And then he's depressed about, you know, I screwed up my life. You know, life isn't worth living. And, you know, suicidal and this and that. Well, that's the problem with depression. You know, it, it could often lead to suicide. I know it, that's what happened with um, Robin Williams, Kate Spade, uh, Kurt Cobain, uh, Anthony Bourdain. They were all depressed. They were suffering with depression. And they all had 
life by the by the tail, the tiger by the tail, and and anyone would give anything to be uh, one of them. You know what I mean? But didn't didn't happen that way. Well, that's why it's very important to see a doctor. And when you have depression, you really, really need to get on an antidepressant. And you know what's what's going to happen if you don't have an antidepressant? Uh, something bad. As I was saying, you want to get to that place of acceptance. You know where you're just okay with whatever happens. Go with the flow, because life is hard enough. You know, and. Um, it took me, like I said, it took me two and a half years, both of us, to get to the point. Um, things were so bad, I, I wrote her a letter. I says, Charlene, why are you so mean to me? It's so hard being your husband, taking care of you 24-7, not knowing how to take care of you. I just don't think I can be with you. I mean, I'll, I'll take care of you financially, but I just can't be with you. You know, I looked at that letter, and I read it over and over and over again, and, and I said to myself, how can I... How can I give this to my wife, the mother of my children, the uh, uh, my soulmate? You know, we've been together for 24 years, and uh, the woman I married, and I just couldn't do it. I just filed it in this file cabinet right next to me here. Didn't know what to do. Went on in my depression, my anxiety, my loneliness, my isolation for the next couple of days until a miracle happened. I found a business card in my pocket. I don't know how it got there, who gave it to me. It was inviting me to a caregiver support group. <laughs> I didn't even know what a caregiver was, let alone a support group. But I figured, well, someone must have given me this because they thought I needed it. What the heck? What have I got to lose? And um, when I went, I realized that uh, there were other caregivers out there just like me, burned out caregivers. Uh, I realized if I didn't take care of me, I couldn't take care of my wife. You know, the, what do the airlines tell us? In the event of an emergency, put your oxygen mask on first before you help your lover with their mask. I mean, hello, what an amazing metaphor for all of life. Take care of you first. Not out of selfishness, but out of survival. But, you know, some of us might have to be a little selfish because we are so selfless that we give and give and give and give and give, and then there's nothing left to give, and then we burn out. So we've got to move that pendulum along and become a little selfish, right? I finally started taking care of me first, that I can take care of her. And at first she didn't know how to react to that because, you know, she was like having a temper tantrum and I just shut the door and said, well, let me know when you're ready to talk, you know, or whatever. And so um, I guess she started realizing that I was having a good time and she wasn't. She could have had a good time, too. Um, just all about attitude, right? Attitude is uh, 90% what happens to us. No, 10% what happens to us, 90% how we react to it. So I think she started realizing that maybe she needed to change, and she started changing a little at a time and started becoming her old self again. And then um, all of a sudden, you know, to my surprise, uh, our love was rekindled. And, you know, I started realizing there are other caregivers out there who are lost and alone and feeling lonely. And uh, I started saying, you know, maybe I should help them out. Maybe if I can tell them what not to do, hey, look who's here. 
Hopefully. Can you, Am I here? I can hear you. I can see you. Can you hear me and see me? Uh, Am I? Yes. I'm still, I'm still you, sitting. I have, to, I have to go through to set up the app. <clears throat> to, uh, I see. Make it can you, you can hear me, though, right? Yes, I can hear you. I introduced you, and they know all about you. So I want to start asking you some questions, even though we got a, a late start here. Glad you yeah. finally made it. I guess you got, you're got you the kind of guy who doesn't give up, right? Well, so why did you write a book about the state of rehab health care in the USA? Well, we just had a perfect friggin' example. Uh, it, it relies a little bit too much on uh, modern rehab, relies too much on modern technology that can fail in an instant, and you can... Be, be left scratching your head as to what to, to do, whereas I am old-fashioned. Um, the, 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 basically... You're talking about what just happened right here now, right? With me setting up the thing, that is, you'll have... I mean, you see that with doctors. I mean, doctor, you know, if, if an X-ray machine goes around and a guy's got a broken leg, a doctor will be scratching his head like saying, I don't know if he's got a broken leg or not because the X-ray machine's not working. Um, but you can see it right in front of you. Um, wow. I, I follow. I follow the, yeah, the, the way nature sticking out of the flesh. Exa exactly. You, you, it's, it's amazing the diagnostic, the lack of diagnostic ability people have because of technology has. Uh, there's no need to have that skill anymore. And the same thing with 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 rehab and physical therapy. There's no need to do things with patients because there are machines that will will supposedly do it for you, which are not that effective. Uh, and so I wrote a book to sort of let give people a heads up. You know, here's what you want to be aware of, what's not going to work and what, what needs to be pushed to be done because you, you're going to fall through the cracks, essentially, if you're not on so top what, of what's the name? What's the name of the book again? Falling Through the Cracks. Great title. <laughs> so what's the most single most important functional skill that caregivers should be proficient at? Simply being able to get a person out of bed. Uh, to, to that, that is the single, you know, the, it's easier to walk than it is to stand up. It's easier to, to stand up than it is to go from sitting up to, to, from lying up to sitting. So the ability to, to, if you see how fast someone does it when they're healthy, you know, it should take four or five seconds to go from lying to sitting. It should take another four or five seconds to stand up and, and boom. When you take, you know, and you see therapists take five minutes, 10 minutes to go, someone go from sitting to lying, there were, nature's already beaten them. You've got no chance. You know, it should something that should be done, you know, quickly and and, and the, the person needs to keep up with the speed of the patient needs to keep up with the speed of how how they should be naturally doing it. And and say when it's when it's done properly, it's very easy. A lot of people complain, oh, it's too hard. No, it's not. It's it's hard because you want to make it hard. When you think think of it as a very basic, simple thing to do, it becomes a simple, basic thing to do. Um, yep. You're pretty tough. You know, my wife was paralyzed on one side uh, after a stroke. And so, you know, she had the physical therapy and the occupational therapy, and, and there was this uh, this army sergeant type of uh, Indian lady, you know, and she's, come on, Charlene, you can do it. And she's forcing her, we had a pool table, forcing her to walk around the table, you know, holding on to the edge. And uh, she didn't like her. Uh, she liked the other one who was just so gentle and whatever, but she learned <laughs> so much more. And and so, you know, I, I, I caught the bug. I started uh, telling her, you know, when she'd be reaching for something in the kitchen cabinet because she was a gourmet cook. She wanted to cook. And her mother says, oh, no, 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 I need to make all the meals. I said, no, 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 they said she could she should cook. Well, look at her. She can't cook. I said, yeah, she can. Look, you, you can reach that, right, Charlene? And I'm pushing her, and I'm saying, stand on your toes. Come on, you can do it. And, and <clears throat> where her mother thought I was cruel. 
And the occupational therapist said, that's a great attitude because, you know, she told me in private that she's going to train her to be uh, a bedridden invalid, and you're going to train her to be independent. And praise God, today, man, she outdoes me. She's she's amazing. She's like Wonder Woman and uh, Martha Stewart uh, with her one arm, one leg tied behind her back and duct tape over her mouth, and she can put us all to shame. Mate, believe it or not, there was a philosophy of rehab probably, I don't know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, that was essentially, for a stroke patient, you would tie down their good functional arm so they could not use it. <laughs> and they were, they, yeah, so they were forced to use their arm. Really? And then, of course, there would have been someone who said, oh, you know, I'm not happy about that, being done to my mother, filed a lawsuit, suddenly, right, that's off the table. To me, the best approach, you know, there, there is. You, 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 you've got one, one option when you've only got one hand. You've got to learn to use it and you've got to be trying to, trying to use it. Um, and the same thing with, with, with walking. You know, if you're sitting down on the bed or if you're lying in the bed or you're sitting in a wheelchair, you're not being forced to use your body to, to be walked. Uh, you right. know, and, and I do err on the side of forcing versus, you know, <laughs> being on the side of, you know, a little bit, you know. Um, uh, uh, you're not in any popularity contest. De- definitely not. And, and, and you know, I, 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 you know, do occasionally um, uh, find that, you know, again, if my approach doesn't work for a patient, that's fine. I walk away. And and then we have the fuzzy, you know, the the the, the happy therapists who go in and see them, and they're they're happy being wheeled out in a wheelchair. Um, happy being an Um Yes, the, 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 they are, and it, it, it's a choice they make based on on their they're wanting to be, you know, treated that way, and and that's fine. But 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 that is the the, the end the end result. Sure. Well, how is it that um, that your patients perform at a higher level just by pushing them like that? Or is there more to it than just being tough? No, there's also a lot of um, understanding how the human body works and how to get the most most out of it, and and also having a, a higher expectation um, from the moment I walk in. But it also starts, and I, I have this discussion with with my my boss and 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 several other therapists. I never walk in and ask, "Do you want to walk today? Do you want to do this?" I walk in, make a statement: "You are going to walk." Or you are going to. Here's what we are going to do, and that alone means that I I, I rarely get anyone refuse. And when they refuse, I say no, no, no. Too bad. You know, uh, I'll never see you again. But you're not refusing me today. And so I have a very <laughs> low refusal refuse rate because I do not give someone the option to 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 even refuse. And if they try to refuse, I just keep talking, and so they don't have a chance to speak up. And I get them up, and then eventually they will go. Shit, I'm not going to beat this guy. He's just going to, and, and 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 they will. They will. They will end up going <clears throat> fine and, and do what they're told. Um, and funny. And and, and so it, it is. It is the the ends justifies the me <clears throat> justifies yeah. the means in my book because because I am there not to to do woman fuzzies. I am there to make the person walk. Um, essentially that to make them functional. Um, you know, once they leave and they they can go ahead and do whatever they want. But you know. For, for, for me to be doing my job, you know, the best of my ability, I have to, 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 to make people understand, you know, there is, there is only one way, and that is, that is to, to get up and move. I'm sure you've seen everything out there. Uh, the people who were impossible to uh, have anything done because that's what they were told, but somehow they believed you and you saw miraculous stuff. And I'm sure you saw the opposite, the, the people who... Uh, who just didn't want uh, you and maybe fired you and, and uh, 
go went for the form warm fuzzy guy. Uh, got any particular um, instances where you can share some uh, some important lessons that were learned? Um, the important lesson to learn is that everyone is literally in competition. When you get sick, you're in competition with the people that don't necessarily want to do anything. So on, on, on my day, I have, you know, we used to have a general rule. If a patient refuses three times, you take them off, off service. That's, I don't know, 10 years ago, eight years ago, that went out the window. Now you'll see go in and get refusals for 20, 30 days in a row from a patient. Now, the 10 minutes it may take me to get that refusal, that's 10 minutes that I could have been spending with another patient that could have benefited from that, that 10, 10 minutes. And I, I'm on a, on a paraplegic, couple of paraplegic Facebook websites where you can read all day, oh, I got two weeks of, of care and then I was kicked out. I got you know only a limited amount of care. Because, sorry to tell you, we spend all our time going in and seeing the people that don't really want to, to do much or they sit up and they say, let's walk 20 feet and they shake their heads. No, I'll walk 10 feet. That's that's consuming a lot of it, you know the time of therapists and, and, and doctors and every, all healthcare workers, the nurses looking after these people when the, the people who, who really are desperate and, and want to do everything they can, they're not getting as much as they, they probably should deserve or, or would, would benefit from them. So, um, so what do yeah, you tell you, somebody who says, no, I only want to walk 10? Uh, it, there's a fight of the wills here. Do you, do you say, well, 10 is better than nothing? Or do you say, you know what, um, I got other patients if you don't want to do anything. What's your attitude? Uh, good, good question. Um, I'd, have to, I'd have to sit back and say, watch what I do. But maybe it's just my demeanor or maybe it's just whatever it is. But I seldom You're a persuader, have. persuader, huh? Seldom, yeah, yeah. And then you, you, you How big are you? You look pretty big. 6'2". Yeah, you're kind of um, intimidating. Just, uh, yeah, this is the way that I talk. A lot of people say, if we, we, ask me, were you in the military? No, I went to boarding school for eight years. And trust me, you learn how to do as you're told at, at, at boarding school. <laughs> Um, but, but the flip side of that is, I can tell you, in, in 30 years of being a physical therapist, I've only ever had three patients who've asked to do more than what I've said to, to do. Which, and which, how'd which that me, work out? I mean, no, the, 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 they were all actually, fun enough, they were all quadriplegic patients, but I've said, right, we're going to walk 100 feet, we're going to walk 20 feet. I'll set a goal that probably they're not going to, to make. And the, 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 they were determined to say, no, I want to keep walking, keep doing. You know, if, if I said do 15 reps, 15 squats, they would try and do 20 or 25 and keep going. You know, but they would, they would realize the more I do, the better. It's not, it's not basically a number that whatever I say, if you do 15, you're going to be able to walk again. They know it's the number they need to do till they start walking again is how many they need to do. If it's 400 or 5,000, they're eventually going to have to do 5,000. So if they do 5,000 in one day, Boom, they'll be walking in one day. If they take <laughs> 10 weeks to do 5,000, it'll take 10 weeks. If they never get to 5,000, they never get to walk. And like I say, only three people have worked that out in in 30 years. Most people are, you know, um, you know, when I have had, before I sort of got a little bit better, it was, you know, walk 100, I'll walk 50. Okay, you can walk 50. Could we make it just 25? Okay, we'll do 25. <laughs> how about 10? And, and you just negotiate down. And that that, that is, you know, how, how people are. So I've, I've learned to sort of not give... You know, just, just not give someone the option. We are doing this. End of story. You know, um, and 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 that's yeah, how you're very persuasive. I can see how people would just no, no. And, and, you know, and, and not want to push you and not want to upset you or not want to disappoint you, right? Whatever well, the motive well, is. True. Let me tell you, let me tell you a great story that when when I have someone who ever wants to say, and I do have people to say no. I had a 25 year old young boy, 25 year old boy, came into the hospital, just wasn't feeling well. 
his therapist, he was, he was big, he was 240 pounds, you know, uh, the therapist who went and saw him was a little girl, probably not even 100 pounds. And she said, he said, you know, uh, what are we going to do? She said, uh, you're a little bit too big for me. You can yeah. stay in bed. Okay. So he stayed in bed for 24 hours. I came in and saw him the next day and the nurse was like, we really need to get this guy up and moving. He's just laid there for 24 hours. So I got him up, walked him to the door of the room and he was suddenly like, oh, now I really don't feel very good at all. Okay. Like, and I'm sort of like, okay, yeah, the 25-year-old sort of like walked into the ER the day before is like, yeah. And he's sort of like, okay, turn around, let's go back to bed. Takes two steps, kills over dead. 24 hours, 24 hours it took him to get a blood clot in his leg from lying in bed. Okay. Huh. No one, no one's going to know that. No one's going to see that. But that's, he, he basically, he, he was dead before he hit the ground. His, his head hit the linoleum crack and he didn't even grunt. And anyone who wants to refuse me, I will tell them that's fine. In 24 hours, that could be you. And I won't be the one coming back to see you to, yeah, to have it happen. That's and you, will have, you will have everyone go, you know, I will get out of bed. I mean, there, Real we, life we have, stories. It, it, there are, I think, I think, they think the, it's every six minutes someone dies from a blood clot in the U.S., Every oh. six minutes, and now that's that's the people who die, not the people who get them, and then are, blo are on blood thinners for the rest disabled. of their life. Yeah. And every time they fall over, every time they get bumped, if they're in a car accident, every time they were, you know, were to get shot, you know, essentially their life is over because they're going to bleed out. I mean, every time someone falls, the first question doctors ask, "Are you on blood thinners?" You know, because they want to know, are you basically, you know, even to, to tap your head. So being on blood thinners is not the answer. You can end up with a with a. Sorry. How how long have you been doing this? 30 years. What did you do before that? Uh, this is all I've ever done. This is what I, an I, expert. I, um, <laughs> I, 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 some people would debate that, but, but it, makes me, it makes me realize that, I mean, I, I do this because I, oh, I love if, it, if, I if assume. My parents or a friend of mine, I would want to know exactly <laughs> what I did. And a couple of years ago, not even about a year ago, my mum fell and broke her kneecap and I called him up on on Skype and like, and he's like, "Oh, Dad, she's Dad was like, she's in bed resting." I'm like, "Dad, get her out of bed, you know, don't let her lie in bed for a single day." No, no, it's again, no, no, Dad, I don't care, get her out of bed. And funnily enough, when I had a car accident about 25 years ago, and I went home, and I was laying in bed, and my mum was like, bought me breakfast in bed the first day. Second day, I was like, "Mum, when am I getting breakfast in bed?" And she said, "If you don't get out of bed and, and walk to the kitchen, you're going to die and you're going to starve. You know, you had your one day, that's it. And I suddenly realized, wow, I baby my patients way too much. The fruit because... doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> no, I, can, I, can thank, I can thank my mother and my aunt for, for, for uh, my approach. My, my aunt got my, my disabled grandmother out of bed every once a week for, for 10 years when no therapist in the, in the nursing home could ever do it. Get her, got her in the car, brought her home, had time with the family, put her back in the car, put her back in bed. She would do it all, all by herself. Because but my grandmother would never get out of bed with any of the therapists or any of the staff at the, at the nursing home. And it was just, when I saw her, how she did it, it was just, my grandma was a very stubborn, very strong woman. Uh, and I, my aunt pretty much said, get it out of your system. And then once you're done, you're still doing exactly as I tell you to do. And, and, and my grandmother would. And, wow. So you, know, you probably yeah. have seen caregivers of the people who you work on sometimes they don't take care of themselves and they're in worse shape than their loved one. In fact, 30% of them will actually die before their loved one do. And uh, many more will become sicker than their loved one, eventually need a, a caregiver of their own. So how do we stop that cycle? Um, 
first of first of all, the, the, the prevention is always better than, than cure. So with regards to <laughs> the, one of the one of the biggest stress is with the mobility of, of your family member. And part of the there's nothing that's going to decrease their mobility more than being hospitalized and then being left in bed by staff that really aren't going to probably do the, as good a job as the caregivers are going to do. Or they're going to be in hospital bed and, and every time they need to pee rather than take them to the toilet they'll just stick a towel between their legs and so now you're getting your 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 family member back in the house and not only are they still disabled they're now incontinent because they when they went <coughs> before they they went into the hospital um my answer to that would always be get a lawyer and sue that you know sue the ass off the off the uh, the place because you know that that is a, a, a essentially a dereliction of care and, and abuse um but you do not want to let your family member decline to the point where you're you're having to do literally every you you want to try as best you can to make sure they don't decline yeah. to the point they do it and that comes that comes into <clears throat> by being firm and making sure that they they are active every day you're doing that so they don't get to the point that you are that you are now saying even if you were the, the a, a bull you know they still couldn't move not a case of like they you know, they don't want to it's like now they physically can't now your your workload is ten times more than than what it was before so a strong word will save you a a, a lot of, of physical struggle you know down the, down there so that's why you should never feel bad about you know about being being firm with with your family member but um uh, as well keep a just having the idea, just that, that, that statistic you said should make everyone aware, you know, when, when, when you've got time to look after yourself, go and look after yourself. We've had, I've had patients in the hospital, family members stay there for, for four or five days and they look ragged and we have to go, get the hell out of here, go home, you know, look after yourself. <laughs> we will take care of family. And they're like, so no, we, I need to be here. And, and, and we have to you know, force them to, to get out and go look after themselves. And they always come back, oh, thank you so much. But sometimes we're our worst enemy. We think that we're indispensable yeah. when it's we don't okay. We want to ask for help. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's sleeping. That, that, that's a mental, you know, uh, a, 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 mental, a big, big mental health issue uh, as well, uh, beyond even, beyond even uh, uh, physical health issue. If you basically wear yourself out and you just can't, you know, take it anymore, you, you are really doing yourself a disservice. So, so recognizing that, yeah, it's not an easy job. Um, recognizing that it's it's okay to ask for help, or that you know that you, no one's ever going to to think uh, bad of you, or you, or <clears throat> think that you, you, the person you're taking care of is going to going to think you've abandoned them. It's 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 a rather ironic thing that the people, the 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 parents who maybe care for their kids too much and stay too close to their kids, then when they become old and firm, the kids then are too close to the to the to the parents, and they 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 are um, you know, sorry manipulate. Yeah, 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 and you see that a lot. But 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 even <clears throat> it's like you've got to be able to 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 go. I can step back and say, you know what? Uh, if, if Mum's nearing her end of life, okay, let me. You know, don't hold on. You know, too tight, um, right. because again, that that will. You know, you will be trying to do everything for someone that nothing, that no amount of care in the world is 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 really going to to be able to help. And that is probably when it <clears throat> drains someone more than anything else. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, other than the guy who dropped dead uh, because he laid down for 24 hours, what other yeah. egregious things have you seen uh, in your job that would shock uh, us? I was in a in a okay the nursing homes. I was in a uh, I've been in. Was it a good one? <laughs> it, it was. If you were the uh, president of Google, this is where your grandmother would have gone. Okay. It was in Silicon Valley. <laughs> 
area for the very high degree people of, of San Francisco, um, of, you know, one of the, the nice suburbs of San Francisco. And little old lady who had a stroke and so she, she had dysphagia. She couldn't speak. Dysphagia? Oh, yeah. Just, just like my wife. Yeah. Aphasia. Yeah. Um, so she couldn't speak. Um, and she had, uh, had a hip replacement. And so she was at the, at the nursing home for, for recovery after the hip replacement. And she was, her notes were walking 50 feet walking 50 feet every day because they'll never walk any more than 50 feet because as soon as they get past 50 feet, they're discharged and go home. So they'll just basically only walk from 50 feet so they can keep on billing the insurance for as long as possible. So it's a simple little trick. You can you can look at the notes and ask you, how, how far did my grandmother walk today or my mother? Oh, 50 feet. And it'll be 50 feet for, for 10 days, you know. So all of a sudden, one day, she didn't get out of bed. She stopped walking. And uh, for three days, she bathed, the therapist would go and do 75 minutes of exercise in bed because they were billing her and she, the, the, she was in the category of uh, uh, ultra uh, for, of the rugs. So they need to get 75 minutes of physical therapy a day. It was walking and, and exercise out of bed, you know, for the first four or five days. And then all of a sudden it became Therex in bed for the next three when she didn't get out of bed. I went in to see her. I was a temporary staff member there on a, on a travelling assignment. So when people get too hard, they always give them to the travellers because they, the, the regular staff don't want to have to deal with it. And I pulled back the bed sheet, and as soon as I did, I could see her legs were this much different, and her hip on her left side was halfway up her torso. So she oh had dislocated gosh. her hip three years, three days ago, but because they wanted to, you know, the, the, the still keep up getting reimbursement from, from Medicare or the, 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 the old saying. It's all about money, all about the Benjamins, huh? If, if, your, if your salary is dependent on you not seeing something, you won't see it. Um, so these these therapists had gone, Therex, how she did 75 minutes of Therex a day, I have no idea, but that's what they claimed. And I went and told the, the boss and literally said, hey, this woman's dislocated hip. She needs to go to the, to the hospital to, to have it re-put in. And her, her response to me was, did you get your minutes with her today? And I said, no. I said, well, go back in the room and wait there until the ambulance comes to take her back so that you can get your, you know, your, your minutes. And this was this was probably the nicest nursing home I've ever worked in. Um, and that, that is the, the core attitude of, of uh, um, them. The woman went to the hospital, never came back. Um, and there was another nursing home where, again, lady was in a, in, completely demented, sitting in a wheelchair, didn't move, had her legs put in the little the little cycle thing, you know, um, that, you know, the therapist puts her in there, walks away. He, he, would, he had probably four or five, you know, uh, patients at one time in the, in the therapy room. And that's what they do. They, you know, they have every patient in there at one time. Everyone's doing something and no one's really watching anyone. So the patient was just sitting there, literally fast asleep in the thing, and all her family came out to see her. And most therapists get quite scared when that happens because any person with half a brain would go, she's not doing anything. She's just sitting here fast asleep in the wheelchair. But they were sort of like, oh, she's doing a therapy. And I'm still like going, well, okay, you know. Um, but the therapist got panicked. So he went and wheeled her over, took her off the, the wheeled her over and put her on the standing frame. This was a little kyphotic old lady that, you know, couldn't lift her head, put her on the standing frame, <laughs> wrenched her up standing, and their family were like, oh, we're thrilled. Look, she's standing. This girl, she's going to be in a couple of days. So they were happy they left. The guy, yeah. about half an hour later, came back, put her down, Lady wasn't moving. So he wheeled her back to her room, threw her back in bed. Half an hour later, <gasps> Mrs. So-and-so has died. And that was like, oh, she must have died in sleep in the bed. But no, she was the, the effort to look like you're doing something with therapy because they're in therapy and, you know, they're trying to get the therapy is the biggest money maker for, for skilled nursing facilities. They basically... Very expensive too. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's uh, um, you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to play pocket. That's that's not the good way of motivating people. You know, when they ask if they spend it, they don't have insurance. Do you know it's going to cost you fifteen hundred bucks a day to 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 go to rehab? Okay, they'll they'll do whatever whatever you want. Um, rather rather than have to pay to, to pay money. But you know, th those were two patients that that still stick clearly in my mind. Probably twenty five and twelve years after it happened, um, that they were essentially killed by by poor care in a, in a nursing home by the therapy uh, in in the in the in the process of doing therapy. You know, and a lot of people are always be like, oh, you know, I want my my mother to get as much therapy as, as they 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 need. You've got to be careful that that what what they need is is not what they're you know. Yeah. Uh, They'll get more than what they need. In fact, they'll be they'll be held there for as long as they, if they, if you if you if you get sick, if you get something wrong with you, they're not going to send you to the hospital until you're on death's door because they're getting money for as long as you're there. So we get and working in hospitals, you get patients all the time who literally are on their last breath because the nursing home held them until the last minute before. So if you can't have them die here, have them die in the ER at the hospital until they send them off. Now, sorry to be blunt. Sorry to be. This is this is this is what we see. I see it every day. Have for thirty years. So, what's wrong with the medical uh, healthcare system? I mean, it sounds like it's broken. Do you have a solution for it, or is it far too far gone? I, tear I, it down I, I and start over again. I was on another another podcast uh, about two weeks ago, and I said, uh, "What can we, what can we do about it? I don't care. It's it's my job. Is is yes, it's too big for anyone to fix unless on an individual basis you have to go advocate for yourself." Um, do not expect someone yeah, else to sure. care. You know, there's you're never going to have anyone. Whoever's in Washington, where they're never going to care. Um, it what, starts what, with the what, paramedics. I mean, they asked me. They asked me, well, "What hospital do you want us to take your wife to?" I says, "I don't know. Where would you take your wife?" She was on the show. Well, they took her to the wrong hospital, and she now she's disabled as a result. They took her to this tiny little rinky-dink community hospital that didn't even have a CAT scan machine when you're having a stroke. Take it to the uh, the medical center just ten minutes further. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Got I mean, three I've, hours, right? Yeah, I've I've worked in, I've worked in hospitals where I literally said if I had I would know, and that's 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 a good thing about working in the in the hospital. And again, there are doctors, you know, and I work with staff who have who literally put a list of the doctors in that hospital that they do not want to be touched from, um, <laughs> so that you know if they should come in, that that, that those particular doctors would not would not touch them. And that's sort of like inside a knowledge that that someone else. I I had a I'll tell you a scary story. I had a another story. There's plenty of scary stories. Um, <laughs> uh, I had my neck. Woke up one night, pain in my left shoulder. Um, didn't know what it was. Um, there, were, there, were, there was a, a, a neurologist or, or a neuro. Uh, I can't even think of what it's called. Uh, a spine surgeon. Spine surgeon. That my boss said, "Oh, go and see this guy. He seems to be very popular and very good because his 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 waiting room is always full." Went across there. It's going to be two weeks before you can get in. I called another doctor. I'd called and left another message on the other doctor that someone said, but everyone said, we hate this guy because this guy is very demanding. He's very, you know, not good, you know, personal, uh, whatever. This other doctor, no everyone's like, yeah, manner. no bedside manner. Goes to this other guy. He shows, throws the biggest Christmas parties, lavishes gifts for everyone, and he's always, he's got the best bedside manner ever. So was in the waiting room for the, for the good bedside manner doctor. They were like, yeah, two weeks for you to even get an MRI. I'm like, I'll be dead in two weeks. Okay, no, it doesn't matter. Got a phone call from the other doctor at that point. Mate, I will squeeze you in. Come in first thing in the morning. Whatever it takes, I'll, I'll get you in. Got over there, saw my, saw my MRI, get to the hospital. Um, right now, we need to do surgery tomorrow. You're not going to be able to arm in another 24 hours. Um, 
found out later, and this was in the hospital I'd worked at for, for four or five years, found out later, the doctor with the good to bedside manner went bankrupt, um, was, was dis, uh, where they take your license away or they basically, you know, uh, you, you disbarred from the hospital. Yeah. Um, and I'm like going, wow, everyone at the hospital had been like, he's, he's you know, his, his results were terrible. The other doctor was constantly having to fix these other. So even when you're in, when you're in the system, you sometimes don't know who the bad people may, may be, even if they're under, under your nose. But you need to to know, and you need to if you find out, you need to say, right, don't want you. Please get me someone else because it's your it's your life or, or the life of your family member. That, that's so uh, obviously you're different from your peers. Um, how does that make them feel? I mean, do the do you make them look bad? Do they come against you? I mean, I you're. You're probably not very popular to your coworkers. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes no. I try to keep to myself with regard to with regard to therapy. Most people know that when I put up a tag, not with Simon, that they're like, oh yeah, this if if if, this, if Simon can't do anything, Daniel can't do anything with him, uh, um, uh, uh, then there's then there's nothing that that's that's gonna be you know done, and that's sort of like oh uh, you know bit of a grumble from from, but. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't put down any of my coworkers. They do a good job based on, on the training and, and the expectations that they've had from the system. But, um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, 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 I, I'm, I'm, I prefer to, to just keep to myself so that, so that, you know, uh, pay, uh, patients don't, don't sort of necessarily sure, Don't ask, don't tell, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so do you like the word, um, plateau? Because they use that word a lot. I know they did with my wife with the speech therapy. Well, you know, she's plateaued. She's not going to go any further. She's got it back. Everything she's going to get back. Um, how true is that? Um, again, I'll give you another example. Um, the best best way, I think, to do that. I had a quadriplegic that first day, drunk, jumped off his boat, broke his neck, um, pregnant wife, doctor's first day, yeah, he, he's done. Nothing's going to be able to do. And I said, well, you know, and they put him on an air mattress. I said, please, can we, I can't even move him on this air mattress. Can we get him on a regular bed? Why? Nothing he's going to do. No, I can't tell until we get him off this air mattress because I can't, if he rolls off the bed on the air mattress, I'm going to be liable. Let's put him on a regular bed for a start so I can see what I can do. Oh, my God. Okay, if you want. Got that, got that done. Started standing him up. Had to use a machine because uh, this was a couple of years ago and I'm getting old and so I can't quite lift the heavy patients you know, by myself anymore. Week standing up, um, uh, using the machine, then I could do it myself. Um, the, 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 the doctors would come in, yeah, yeah, he's plateaued, that's about his limit. Okay. Got him into, into rehab, then I went to, went to go and see him privately on my, on my own. He was, his house was on the way home, stop in for 30 minutes, three or four times a week. I'd come in and show the doctors, like every week or every, oh, look, remember, you know, uh, Mr. So-and-so? Here's his progress. Here he is, you know, right now. Yeah, yeah, that's as, that's as far as he's ever going to go. You know, yeah, that, that's his limit. Okay, come in the next week. Look, now now he's standing up by himself. Yeah, yeah, that's as far as he's ever going to go. Yeah, yeah, that, that's his limit. Come in. Here's, here he is walking. Yeah, that's as far as he's ever going to go. That's his limit. Every single week for, 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 for six months, they were like, you know, every single day. You know, that, that's, he's never getting to get better. I'm like going, what? what? I don't understand. Maybe they, they don't do have not, a memory. They, 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 yeah, and no projection um, further. It's like saying, I can imagine them built, having a house built, you know, showing up the first day. Oh, my God, this is my house? Yeah, there's just a foundation. No, no, tomorrow we're going to start putting up the sides of the, the, the walls. Come up the next day. Oh, my God, this is my house? But there's no roof. Yeah, yeah, that comes a little bit later. I mean, we, you've got to give us time to build this thing. But, but, but a plateau is, is eventually, if you got pushed to your limit, you'll, you'll work out. You'll see where the plateau is because someone just can't make any, 
any progress on, or there'll be a, a, a law of diminishing returns. If, you, if you're working six hours a day to get a 1% return, you know, there may be no point in continuing. But I generally, my golden rule for physical therapy, for, for, for functional um, ability, I expect to see a 100% improvement every day. Again, another story. Was at a hospital in Los Angeles, and there was a lady in the psych ward that the family, she was like a disaster. I was like, going, how come this woman can't function? She, even with my help, she can't function. And the family said, no, she just has this literally the psychosis of being in the hospital that if we get a home, you know, or we, if you could take her outside the hospital, you'll see a difference. So I had to, had to bargain and negotiate. Can I take her out of the psych ward in the, in the, in the wheelchair just to see what, what it's like? Yeah, finally got permission. Wheeled her out. As soon as the door opens and I got her outside in the fresh air, she jumps up out of the wheelchair. She's perfectly normal. Yeah. Put her back in the wheelchair, wheeled her back in. As soon as she went past the door, blah, and I was going in and out. And you would just see the woman change oh. in about one meter. And it was the most bizarre case I've ever seen. But I said to the family, you need to just convince the doctors to let her get out of the, the hospital because we're never going to see that unless someone does what I've done. And I was sort of like, why did you even bring her to the hospital in the first place? You know, because every time she comes, yeah, this happens every time we come. So why would you, you know, and we have to fight to get her out. So why would you bring her to the hospital then if you've got to do that? When, you know, get your treatment and then take her home before she's affected. Because once you're in the system, you're at, their mer you're at the mercy of, of, a, of a doctor or a resident that's got no experience or someone that just doesn't care because they've got to get home and feed their own kids or, you know, you know, Mary's not, not doing a flute lessons that week and that's what that's what's on her mind for most of the, the friggin' day or husband's having an affair. We have, you know, we're human beings as well. We have divorces, we have kids, we have problems, we have that that does occupy our minds as well. It's not all about looking after, you know, and, and that, that's that's to be expected. Like I say, the people who are at a hospital aren't going to care as well for you as your own family 90% um, of the time. That's for sure. Um, let's talk about your book. Uh, how can your book help a burned out caregiver? What's in there that can really uh, apply to them? I, I, I didn't, uh, uh, didn't necessarily put in any chapter for that particular thing, but just the... the yeah, but um, the, caregivers the are just like regular people. Um, every caregiver just has problems that you and I have, but it's accentuated. Uh, yeah, no, everybody's, no. everybody's either need a caregiver or become one. Yeah. So, the, uh, the, 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 some of the things we've, we've already talked about is, 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 is getting more of, a, more of a picture of just how much you need to advocate for yourself to realize, yeah, these are the things that do go on. It's not all house or ER or whatever the other medical shows you so see on TV. So if they're not or, a good negotiator and they hate confrontation, they better get over it, right, and learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're just going to get run over like a steamroller. You're on the wrong planet, if in the, yeah. certainly in the wrong country, if, if that's your approach to life. And, and you know, I, I I have to. Maybe I was like that at one stage in my life, but but I have I've learned you're you're in the deep end of the pool now, and you need to learn to swim, or you're going to drown. Um, and especially in the, like I say in the, in the American healthcare system, where it is, it is a friggin' competition. You're in competition versus someone next door who knows how to work the system better than you, most likely, um, and they are going to suck. Wiki wheel, huh? Your your care, yeah, your your care. I mean, it, it's it's here's here's an example I use in in my book that uh, who gets better care in the hospital, the drunk who ran over the little girl on the bicycle or the little girl on the bicycle, 
guarantee you, the drunk, because his family will be in there going, it's not his fault, you need to look after, you know, uh, you know, uh, our, our family member, because he's got a broken leg because he crashed his car, and woe is me, and he's a victim, blah, blah, blah. And the family of the little girl, like, oh, we're so grateful that someone's looking after and trying to save her life, you know? So, the, and, and, and eventually it comes down to when you push time, like, we don't want to upset the family who are, who are complaining and who are, like, saying you need to do everything for our, our you know, our drunk brother, because he's got a broken leg, and he, you know, nearly killed a girl, we're, you know, yelling at administration every day, we're calling up the nurse manager, we have to take care of those people that complain, because if they complain loud enough, yeah, administration gets involved and they don't, they don't care, you know, what the, what the reason people in there, they just don't want people complaining. And so, you know, that's what you're competing against if you're there being a nice, quiet person saying, you know, so, I'm so grateful. So who that. has the best healthcare system? Everybody who's promoting Obamacare, Obamacare or whatever, uh, say, well, Canada or Switzerland or, you know, they, they name all these countries. Who's really got the best? Or is America still the best place to get sick at? No, the, the, the America has some amazing high tech that, that, that you are talking about possibly apples and oranges. Even, and, even for and cancer. Basket, basket I, I, I hear that uh, uh, cancer can't get the drugs because of the FDA, you know, but they can go to Mexico and all of a sudden get better. Is that true? Uh, that uh, medicine. Don't ask me a question about medicine and and, and that that's right. that's that's Let's not, keep it on not doctors, my so. yeah no, yeah no no not my field and um you know again I would be wary of any doctor that gives too much medicine you know um because yeah that's how they sort of make money and that's what they're trained to do in in hospitals like you know give medicine you know calf strain here take oxycodone you know an eight dollar aspirin yes <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, but um, the, 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 there's, not a, there's not a healthcare system in the world, and again, I mentioned this in my book, where basically there aren't enough nurses in the world, there aren't enough doctors in the world, there aren't enough anything in the world. There aren't in enough caregivers either. Yeah, caregivers. They're, 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 that, that some people feel that, that when someone can't take care of themselves and they need someone else, you think if there's 8 billion people in the world, there's not another 8 billion people to take care of that 8 billion people. So the moment you stop being able to take care of yourself, you're at the mercy of someone else. Okay. Um, now it's amazing. Give up your freedom. Yeah, it's amazing that, that some people are lucky enough. And, and like I say, caregiving, I have is probably the most selfish devote. Like the people I see that, that that do it do well. I sit there and go, I've seen I've seen wives, you know, with when their husbands are brain dead, and they're sitting beside their, their day and night. And you think, my, I sit there and go, my God, I wish I'd married that woman. Um, she's she's you know uh, unbelievably devoted. And then you see the people that wheel the family members into the ER, and they're gone. To not even ask a question, and, you, and the patient is stuck in the hospital, and and, and the, the family can't be reached by phone, and then they disconnect their phone, and where <laughs> that, that person is just stuck there. Um, but but every place in the world has a shortage of of you know required people. There, there are problems in in London with they don't have enough. Uh, uh, care homes for, for the number of people that need it. There's problems in, in Ireland, they don't have enough nurses. Problems in Australia, there's not enough you know doctors in, in, in outback countries. So every place has a problem. So the same thing comes by. Looking after your health and making sure you don't get sick is the number one rule for yeah. the, for the best healthcare. And again, healthcare is not healthcare. Healthcare is sick care. You are sick. So it's, you're not basically there to become the, the, the choices and, and decisions you make every day are what keep you healthy. It's not going to the doctor who then says, you know what, you know, take this pill. And by the way, you know, which is never going to say, don't don't freaking smoke. You know, if, you, if you're smoking, how, how, how healthy do you expect to be, to be honest? Um, 
I would love it in the world that if I was a doctor, I would say, you know what, you want to, you want me to, to treat you, give up smoking, then come and ask me, you know, uh, how I can help you. But but there's your, there's your problem right there. Drug, over drug use, everything. There are every reason, you know, a lot of reasons why people do things to themselves that make them sick. You know, so it's their responsibility to change those those yeah. behaviours, those attitudes first, and then they won't get sick as much. And then the, the, any hospital system or any medical system won't make as much money, but it'll work better for the people that have uh, um, um, childhood diseases or, or cancer or things that, that even if you look after yourself and they come out of the, the blue, you know, uh, a stroke, you know, even if you're perfectly healthy, some young people still get, you know, strokes for, for you know, uh, I know, you know uh, genetic disorders. Those are where healthcare, funnily enough, does the least for, but they're the, they're the people who deserve it most because it was out of their control. 90% of the others, you know, it's, literally, it's all your own fault. But you can't say that in the healthcare. You can't say, you know what, you were drunk and you smashed your car. What do you what do you expect me to care for you? You know, it's it's you've got exactly what you deserve. So you're perfect. in Miami, did I hear you say? That's right. What? And so you have? Uh, are you working for yourself? You work for an agency? I, I, I work for work for a hospital, and I see uh, patients uh, on on the uh, the side. So you know, very, when very... did you have when did you have time to write a book? Uh, <laughs> you, you you I. I <laughs> have, have have find you find time. I, I mean, I was passionate enough. I'm quite surprised because I've gone into I've written some other books and I'm in a in a bit of a writing okay. slump or a bit of a, a and. But at the time, I can remember that was my my desire just the to passion. get get this off to let people know to have a to have to have my 30 years experience rather than yeah. me having to try to cover it all in five minutes at a bedside. Someone <laughs> could read and say, Ah, now yeah. I can understand. Why I did he's that with my book with my gas station too. So if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and ask you questions, pick your brain, uh, where are you? How can they get a hold of you? Um, my, my, on Facebook, I have a, a, a page, Falling Through the Cracks, um, that has a link to my, my book as well on there. That's probably the, the best. If I, every time I post uh, something, I, I, I get into – occasionally I get charged up, and the last two nights I've had, I've had someone sort of – uh, respond back to a post I've made that sort of said, no, no, I don't agree, you know, with you. And I've sort of like spent all day like going, can't wait till I get home and get to answer this guy. Been able to calm down and then in a very measured response, okay, here's some blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, could, you, could, 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 you, could you please respond to that? And, of course, they then met, shut up and never never, never come back. But yeah. if someone wanted to, you know, I'm not sure if my Facebook has a, a way to send an email to me that will get to right. me. Um I'm not the most technologically, you know, uh, advanced yes, person. Yes, we, we saw that today. Yeah. Um, so um, I wanted to ask you. I remembered what I was going to say. Um, how has COVID affected you personally and your business, the industry, uh, and healthcare in general? Are they doing good? Where, where, say it was. It was scary at the beginning um, uh, when, when you say I, I, you know, you'd see, you know. Multiple dead bodies um, going going um, uh, out the door, and we had to, to hire like an extra. When AIDS fridge. first started, right? Did we handle yeah, it better than AIDS? Sorry, did we handle it better than AIDS in the beginning? Um, I don't think we handled the panic. Czars. I know. I, I don't think we handled. I think. I think we 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 the the ability to and that's 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 most of what being in hospital and, and is the biggest laugh here, is to make people go, you know what, it's not the end of the world, just calm down. You've only got a broken toe. You know? <laughs> there are some people who are like, it's, it's, you know, yes, you've had, yes, you may have had a stroke, but here are things you need to do to start to get better starting from day one. And people spend two weeks just going, oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm like, okay, you've just wasted sure. two weeks. 
you know, um, I don't <laughs> think that the calming voices from from the the government were were, were um, uh, on point. Um, I think that that really because again, that was it's actually quite amazing that medical wise, the med, the average medical knowledge of the average person has gotten so bad that they could literally tell them anything. It's going to be you're going to get you know a COVID and grow another arm, and people were like. Oh, oh my God! Oh, you're going to give you a a, a a vaccination, and there's going to be a microchip inside the you know uh, uh, vaccination. Well, how, how do you think that's going to affect you? Um, you know, the the there was a lot of fear, um, and there still sort of is. I mean, I see it every day. Virus is now mutated, you know, and this could be or possibly be more contagious or whatever. No, no, don't tell me it could be. Either tell me it is. Or it's not, and I can always guarantee you it's not because viruses, as they mutate, it's law of nature. The more if a virus became more contagious as it mutated, then we wouldn't be here anymore because enough viruses have come through the course of, right. of the life on Earth that viruses, as they mutate, become less contagious because they have to keep their hosts alive enough for them to be able to survive as a species. So that is the natural law of nature. So now I'm pretty stupid. To, I'm not not an epidemiologist or, or a but that sort of makes common sense to me to go you know what we aren't you know we would have been wiped out if, if this if this virus was getting more contagious we would have been wiped out this virus took two months to go around the world but it can't even get from one side of my hospital to the other <laughs> in seven months and i can literally tell you i've been trying to catch this thing okay and i can't um you know everyone in my department has had it most of some of them and i can't freaking for the life of me you know seem to think it because i wanted to 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 get it to, over Get it over with. Get the immunity inside my body, which, which, uh, going back to again, this is probably as unscientific as unmedic, unmedical uh, as you'll get. And I was a young boy driving through the uh, 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 sugarcane farms in Australia, and was going past a guy working in a uh, a ditch, uh, the, uh, the the sewage ditch of the uh, the house, the um, uh, the septic system. And Dad told me that guy, okay, would take. <laughs> Any 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 bug that guy is so immune to every bug that, that if someone if you put your foot in that in that yeah, market you'll be dead one day. This guy has built up a natural immunity from him because basically he's an endeavor and 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 literally he could be a germ the size of a, a, a semi trailer wouldn't you know <laughs> and that's why I said again. So you believe sense. in herd immunity then, huh? I, I believe in exposure, getting getting little bits of exposure, letting your natural um, uh, whatever it is right. the. Uh, the immune response, your natural uh, um, uh, develop the the, the uh, immunity uh, to, to, to every immune disease. Otherwise, we, the 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 that's how human the human race has, has survived. That's how you know people in the hospital. We all have MRSA in the hospital. Okay, everyone because we're exposed to it. I mean, we can't okay. not have, but we have built up you know uh, uh, the the point where we can manage it, even though it's in yeah. in our bodies. Yeah, if we went to hospital, a doctor would do a test. Oh my God, you got MRSA, and then everyone would start to panic. You know, I'd laugh and say, of course, I've, you know, I've, you know, I've yeah. had it for years. Everyone in, in healthcare has got it. But you can present that as being a scary thing for someone like, you know, family, family comes in from, from the nursing home, tell the family, he's, she's got MRSA. Oh, my God, no. Everyone in the nursing home has got MRSA. But now we get to do we have another doctor come on the case and he can build lots more money to basically give you antibiotics. We're not going to do much anyway um, and, and then send them back to the nursing home. Well, we've run out of time. Uh, we yeah. could have gone much longer. But um, thank you for coming on the show, and I appreciate all the information. So yes. until we meet again, everybody, next week, bye-bye. Uh, Sometimes it feels 
Like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing.